Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. We're back. We're we're back from we're back from just finishing another. S- no, we're back after we finished a new sec. Okay, yeah. let's just say we're here. Yeah, we're present. This is what's <laughs> happening right now. Hello, welcome to the present. We are here now. <laughs> so um, today we're gonna be watching um, the um, bugs. Nope. Bubs. Nope. I forgot what it's called. The Burbs. The Burbs. Today we're going to be watching The Burbs by Joe Dante. And the reason I picked that for today it's is because, because... it's another one by him. It's He's the one who directed Inner Space. That's correct. And um, I don't think you've seen too many movies. I don't think you've seen any movie starring Other Tom Hanks. Other the end of Small Soul. Well, wasn't Tom Hanks in, um, in, the, in The Man Who Knew Too Little? No, that's Bill Murray. Oh. And I'm glad that you remember that movie because that's one of my favorite movies. Although you've seen um, The Polar Express, right? Uh, no. Oh, really? Uh-uh. Huh. We were going to see that at MEA. Okay. But, um... You can just I say said... my school. You don't have to okay. abbreviate it MEA. You can just say my school. It's fine. We were going to see it at my school, but I chose to go to my friend's birthday party instead. Yeah, good move. How was the birthday party? It was fun. Okay. I like it. Um... So let's um let's take a look at what the Burbs is about. Why don't we click over to that and see what our IMDb page has to say about this particular movie? An overstead, an overstressed suburban suburbanite. Suburbanite. Suburbanite and his fellow neighbors are convinced that the new family on the block are a bunch of murderers, satanic cute. <laughs> are part of a murderous satanic cult. Oh. The director is, like we said, Joe Dante. Yep. Writer, Donna Olson. Dana. Dana Olson. Stars, Tom Hanks, Bruce Stern, and Carrie Fisher. Now, do you recognize Carrie Fisher's name? Uh, no. She plays Princess Leia in the Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't know, but... No, um, but you now know who yeah. she is. That's the whole point, right? Um, so... <laughs> Uh, an overstressed suburbanite. I certainly identify with that. Um, but do you understand what it means by suburbanite? Uh-uh. Do you know what suburbia is? Uh-uh. Okay, so basically we live in a in suburbia. When people say things like, hey, do you live in the suburbs, suburbia? Um, basically what it is, is it's a, like a living environment outside of a major metropolitan area. So outside of a really big city. So like D.C., and so like we're a suburban night area because we because our town is close or city is close to DC. Exactly. Most of the people that live here commute into the city to work. 
Um, and that's kind of what makes like it you. suburbia. Exactly. Like me. Um, and then sometimes you go to Williamsburg, but let's not get too into that. It's this, this is a movie thing <laughs> where we talk about jobs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Although I get, I mean, I go to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a movie thing. Let's stay focused. Um, so Carrie Fisher, you know, uh, Tom Hanks, I think this will be, I, I'm shocked to say that this might be then the first exposure that you have to Tom I, Hanks. I recognize his name from one movie. Uh-huh. I just can't remember what. Okay. I mean, he's, Tom Hanks has been making awesome movies since the early 80s. So, I mean, the, he's got 30 years of amazing films. So we've if you haven't seen a bunch of Tom Hanks movies, we're definitely going to work our way through his filmography because he's he's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm a big, big, big fan. Uh, and then Bruce Dern. I love Bruce Dern. He's the the guy that falls off the roof in the trailer uh, where and then he shoots out the window. That's Bruce Dern. Uh, Bruce Dern has some great roles in some Quentin Tarantino movies that maybe we'll get to at some point. But let's let's do some building blocks first. Let's start with the burbs. Uh, so that's what it's about. An overstressed suburbanite and his fellow neighbors are convinced that a new family on the block are part of a murderous satanic cult. Uh, what do you think from having seen the trailer? pretty cool um uh i thought it was kind of cool but um go ahead um i thought it was kind of cool with the um with the falling off the roof thing how you didn't get how you didn't die okay but honestly i have a few questions for that honestly i know the trailer isn't really supposed to explain everything in the movie sure but honestly i feel like if you're gonna put a scene in the movie you should at least explain what's going on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you think the, the the trailer didn't explain enough as to why he was up on the roof to fall off in the first place? Yeah. Okay. I think that if you're going to put a main scene in a movie, yeah, you should explain it in the trailer somewhere. Uh-huh. What do you think the job of a trailer is? The water trailer? No. I said, what do you think the job of a trailer? Like, what is a trailer oh. supposed to do in, in your mind? What makes a good trailer? In my mind, what makes a good trailer is a trailer that explains fully about a movie. Uh-huh. So, like, doesn't, like, tell you every single part of the movie one by one, like, a summary of it. Right. But, um, like, a trail, but, like, it just tells you what you're gonna, what you should expect in the movie. That mm-hmm. trailer didn't really tell you what you should expect in the movie. Mm-hmm. It told you what, it told you basically scenes in the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think some trailers... I don't know. It's I think trailers are a tricky art to get right because, like you said, you don't want to give away everything that you're gonna see in the movie. Like how but sometimes some movies just like give you a basic scene and then like, here you go, that's your trailer. You're happy now. <laughs> yeah, I I think what you said originally is is more spot on. Is I think it's a trailer's job to tell you the feel of a movie so that you understand what kind of movie that you're going to watch. Um, and I I think. I think the birds, even though it doesn't kind of tell you what the story really is going to be about, other than it captures that basic idea of the same thing that IMDb said, which is a family moves in and they're scared of them, right? Because they think that they're satanic or something like that. But I think the movie is zany and I think the trailer covers the silliness of the comedy. Um, and then that way, I think it gets the feel of it right. But I don't I don't think it's a great trailer either. I, I think it relies too much on on kind of the same point over and over and over again by showing kind of like you said a list of scenes so i mean you've seen the trailer what do you think the movie's gonna be like i think it's gonna be i think 
um, the bone, like remember in that scene where they find the bone and they think it's Walter. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who Walter is, <laughs> but it kind of looks like a chewed up dog bone because you can see the teeth marks of a dog. Right, right, right. Hmm. So I don't think it's Mark because I don't think it's Walter because it then towards the end of the trailer you said, so that isn't Walter. We found Walter. <laughs> so maybe that was just a chewed up dog bone. Maybe. Uh, all right. Or maybe well, the dog killed a bird. And I'm very curious to see what you think of it once we come out the other side. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I think it's a very fun movie. Does it look scary to you? No, not that much. The only part I'm not very sure about is the one where the house catches on fire. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he's looking down and it's like he's standing in fire or something. So mm. remember, in the very last part of the movie, he's like... In the trailer. Yeah. yeah. I think we should move, honey. And his, and his feet was standing in something. It looked <laughs> like the fire, but I don't think it was. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to say? Um, well, uh, no. I think we should close this out yeah. and come back. Wait. Um, for, we didn't get to talk about like why we should... Like why this thing which should be called it, like we did with inner space, we didn't really get what inner space meant, and um, so what like, do you mean? Are talking about the titles? Yeah, like talking about why they picked the title, because I don't think the burbs make sense. Cause why? It's, because it's just say, because it's sort of because when I first heard, heard, first heard you in my mind, I thought you said the furts. Oh no! Well, but the burbs is short for suburbia. And so that's the so that when you see the actual title in the movie, it goes the and then it's got an apostrophe burbs, and it's shortened for the suburbs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then let's close this out and open it up again after we watch the movie. Uh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> see you on the other side, peeps. Play Hangman too. It's an awesome move. It's an awesome game. But I think that's getting a little off track, though. Yeah. Bye. Why don't you go say hi? Well, yeah, I guess I could. You know, it, it, this would be the perfect time because you could go up and talk to him. We, we could see what he's like. You know, go. You could go say hi to him too. You know. Yeah, but he's your neighbor. Well, no, he's your neighbor as well. No, but I'm over here. You share a property line with him. He's yeah, your, I mean, like, we're all on the same block, so I mean, you could go too. So. No, it's well, we're all in the same town too. But you're right next to him. If he's ever going to borrow anything, he'd come over to your place. Well, he's, he's busy now. He's, no, he's, he's not busy. Now, look, he's going into... Go now, because if... I mean, he's going back in. If you were if you were going to say hi, you should probably... There, he's going into the... You're, you're going to lose him, because he's, he's going to go in. And we're back. We just finished watching The Burbs. Um, so I didn't get to use my one bill per episode yet, so can I use it? <laughs> yes, that's fine. So, Bill... What did you think about the What did you think about the movie? Uh, I I love the Burbs. Uh, it's not exactly a perfect movie for me, which I'm okay with. I don't think every movie has to be that perfect movie where everything just seems to work flawlessly. Um, but I love the look and the feel of everything going on in the Burbs. Like I love the design of the creepy next door house. I think it's amazing, um, and I enjoy it. I enjoy watching it. Um, but I guess I think the, the more interesting question is, uh, what did you think about the burbs? I thought it was pretty awesome. My favorite part is when the house exploded and then you saw, his name was Peter, right? Or is that his last name? Um, Tom Hanks's character? Yeah. I think it's Ray. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely Ray. 
And then Peterson is his last name. I think you're right, yeah. So Ray Peterson. Anyways, I love the part where, like, you see the explosion. Uh-huh. And then right before that, he's, like, running out. You can, like, take, you can, like, you can't even, you only, so sort of, like, you don't even have a full breath. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one beat of your heart, mm-hmm. which goes like this really mm-hmm. fast. So it's, like, mm-hmm. but even faster than that. So it's, like, mm-hmm one or two beats of your heart which is like a snap Mm -hmm. and boom the house explodes and then another two snaps he's walking out the he's walking (laughs) out of the door in the amount of time that it took for him to come out of the house did you think that he had died in the explosion honestly i thought that that was him running out oh the first time with his buddy yeah but it was his buddy the who made it out of the house uh so you love the explosion what else what else did you make of the movie did you did the entire movie, did you think that the Klopex were, in fact, serial killers? No. I thought that, um... Oh, that's a yawn. Yeah. That's <laughs> fine. Um, halfway through the movie, when you saw them digging, uh-huh. that's when I started getting suspicious and being like, hmm. So what did you think was going on at first when they were mistrustful of the Klopex? Wait, in the very beginning, or like... What do you mean by yeah. that? Well, so you you said you got suspicious towards the end of the movie or towards the middle of the movie, right? The middle yeah. to the last third of the movie where you were suspicious that they were actually bad guys. Mm-hmm. Before then, did you think that they were murderers or hiding something? Like, what did you make of the setup of the movie? Well, honestly, um, if you compared that trash bag to our trash bag, it looks pretty much the same. But... <laughs> Honestly, I thought it was real garbage the whole time because, like, if he has... Well, actually, no. Honestly, I don't think you can have that much garbage if they barely, if they barely have any food you saw. Mm-hmm. And they barely even had any, like, any garbage cans or anything. You saw just mm-hmm. garbage all over the place and um, moving things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we put out a lot of garbage in our house. I mean, there's five of us and there were three of them. But I mean, you're not wrong. Like, we fill up so much garbage. I wonder what our neighbors, when we did our Kamari thing for, so for like two weeks straight, um, we did the decluttering of our household and the through the Kamari process. And I remember we, all that dust in your room when you were going through the books. Yeah, there was so much dust. But then, like, the amount of garbage that we brought out, bags and bags and bags, probably a hundred bags of garbage easily added to the curb all of a sudden. And then because we didn't want to upset the neighbors, we would keep the garbage in our front port, like inside of the door piled up along uh, the stairs. And uh, then after dark, just before uh, the evening before garbage day, we would then like cart out 30 bags of garbage every single garbage day for like two weeks and like watching that movie though oh man no i'm but i'm talking like two weeks so that's like eight pickups no two weeks is uh four pickups four pickups yeah but four pickups times 30 extra bags of garbage a pickup is like 120 bags i bet that's pretty close to accurate Uh, but i wonder what the neighbors must have thought and i was watching the movie thinking about what because they live on a cul-de-sac in the movie we live on a cul-de-sac um what did you think about all the neighbors spying on each other (laughs) <laughs> that was funny. Do you like? Do you guys? Do you and your friends who live on the street talk about the other neighbors and like have weird theories about like who might be a, an evil house or anything like that? Well, we mostly talk about the old people who 
not the they're not old, but like the people who used to live in. <laughs> not the, not oh. old people, but the people who used to live where. Like remember that day? I think it was like maybe four years ago or something. Uh-huh. I was like seven or something. How old and are then, you now? Nine. What is nine minus four, Claire? Six. No. Just kidding. It's five. <laughs> so if you were seven, would that be four years ago? No. Okay. Anyway, so two years ago. Maybe. I don't know. I don't really know. I think she was here for like two years. But anyways, remember that day when the cops came and dragged someone out of the house? Like it was a man or something. It was like, it was like, he was like arrested for robbing or something. No kidding. No, I don't remember that. That's crazy. Well, actually, no, you were at work, and it was a day where Mommy was, I think she was sick or something, and we were staying home so that we could help her, And because I went to school, but I couldn't go to school because school was out that day. It was teacher work day. So we were watching, and the cops came by, and then we saw people being dragged out of the house. Hmm. So honestly... That kind of remind when I saw the movie, it kind of reminded me of that. So when the the kid neighbor who was like, "Oh, you guys got to come and watch this. This is the best television show around." Did you like? Did you relate to that? Do you think it's interesting to people watch in a cul-de-sac, or did that seem silly to you? It didn't seem very silly, honestly. I thought it was pretty cool when the police cops came in. A lot of when I was lit, when I was like, yeah. I was like in second grade or something. And then I really wanted to be a cop. So I thought that uh-huh. that was pretty cool when I saw that happen live action. And I actually got to see it. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I don't I don't remember that. But I don't Probably remember a lot of things. Probably because you were at work. Yeah, maybe. 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 I'm not saying you're act suspicious or that, that you're, you're telling stories. Yeah, you were at work. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. See? Yeah, see? You was at work. Uh, that's how it happened. <laughs> Um, no, so I, I just, this conversation reminded me, um, at the very beginning of the movie, you actually did ask, why is everyone suspicious of the Klopex? Um, and I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about like, what made you ask that question and like, what, what did, what did you think everybody, why, why, why were they being suspicious of the Klopex? Well, wait, which one are the Klopex? The Klopex or the scary house that moved in? Um... At the beginning of the movie, I thought it just looked like a normal old house. Mm-hmm. I didn't think anything was wrong with it. And mm-hmm. then I saw them taking out a bag of garbage. And then later in the movie, you see that they barely even have anything to throw away. Mm-hmm. Then that made me super suspicious. So it wasn't really, so it wasn't really the digging. But the digging was <laughs> like in between that part. So it's made me think, wait a minute. If they're digging for something... What was he throwing away? Right. No, so that's a really good it point. was the digging and the garbage and that all combined. Yeah. Well, because when they go in their house, there's just crap everywhere. And they're clearly not throwing anything away. They do not Kamari their house. But, but then you saw that when they dumped out the garbage, it was all garbage. Yeah. How? Yeah, I agree. Did they steal someone's garbage? I wonder if they did. Maybe they did. Maybe they were onto him and they switched to the garbage. That sounds pretty crafty. But he didn't see him. Uh-huh. Well, actually, I do remember him staring at the bushes because mm-hmm. remember they rustled it and it was like. Mm-hmm. So he heard. He probably heard that because they were pretty close. They were just like so. Like if um, 
the neighborhood was like the size of your computer, which is not very big. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the library part was the was the bushes, and then on the part where it has the um, the red line right now, mm-hmm. that's probably where, which isn't a big thing. So it's like from the plus sign to that red <laughs> dot right now that isn't that is the area. I see. It wasn't there. It was when it was like at like nine oh four. Yeah. I don't think anybody can see, though, the GarageBand app streaming in the background, so that visual reference might be a bit lost on them. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um, What did you... So I'm kind of curious, why do you think uh, Tom Cruise's character was home? Like, what did you make of him being at home and how he was using his vacation? Uh, The guy, the main guy, whose wife keeps telling him that he shouldn't be so suspicious. He gets blown up at the end. Ray Peterson. He told me that that was Tom Hank. What did I say? Did I say Tom Cruise? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh Tom no! <laughs> oh no! That's terrible. No, uh, Tom Hanks. What did you think about why Tom Hanks was on vacation and how he was using his vacation? Um, I thought it was nice. Um, in my summer vac, in our summer vacation, we normally go somewhere for like two weeks or something uh-huh. when you have your weeks off and then we stay for an extra week so it's like three weeks out of the house for mm-hmm. our vacation sometimes four weeks but did you did you think him being at home for that amount of time was strange did it seem weird to you or just like oh that's dad no. is just taking a vacation from work no i didn't it didn't seem strange to me because honestly he did say it was like marshy at the lake and that it was like ill and mildew at the uh-huh. house i wouldn't want to go there if that was if it was my summer break and i got to pick where i get to go mm. i wouldn't want to go there honestly if i had to be between staying at my house and staying at a mildew house for the mm-hmm. rest of my life i'd pick staying at my house sure sure for sure absolutely um i would miss out on going to lakes though mm. i do like i do really want to fish but that's getting off track what's your ideal vacation then mm. I want to go back to that um, house where, with that Aunt Polly took us to with the elevator uh-huh. in the garage. Uh-huh. I really liked that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to go back there for this summer. Oh, but okay. I think we have to be with Aunt Polly, too, and I think she's busy as of right now. I don't know. Summer's still a bit of ways away. Um, let's see. I love the... Um, I made a couple notes while we were watching the movie. I don't think I recognize... Like, so the intro to the movie, right? Where it goes from the universal globe-turning thing and it zooms down the globe to their street and then you see an overhead view of the block and then it cuts to a real shot of their block and the camera zooms in down like that. And you know what it reminded me of? is So that was 1989... But now that's like uh, like Google Earth. Like if you use Google Maps or something, and you turn on satellite view and you just zoom down to your house. Yeah, that does look like that. Or if you've ever seen Descendants, it does that with the mirror. So mm-hmm. first she's so first Evie's like, show me a map of the museum. Mm-hmm. It shows ju- it shows the Earth, mm-hmm. and then she's like, zoom in, and mm-hmm. then it shows us, and then it shows um their, then it shows their um, like place on the globe, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, the five countries continents mm-hmm. place of the continents and then she says zoom it again it zooms into their um, country mm-hmm. zoom it again into the city again into the town and then after 16 tries she finally gets to the map of the <laughs> museum and I'm like why did it 
take the beer so long? He specifically said, I want a map of the museum. And then it started with the big world. I I think that would actually be a pretty good list of movies, is movies that start from outer space and the open like the intro to the movie is from out, camera shot from outer space that zooms all the way down to wherever it is the action is going to take place in the opening scene because um, like this is a horror comedy well this is not a horror comedy i i would call this more of a comedy with some a little bit of horror to it um but like uh enemy of the state the Will Smith movie about surveillance and satellites and stuff that that starts out with an overhead shot that zooms down, but it's got a whole different feel to it because it's like a spy thriller movie. But it's not like. Yeah, the score, right? You you commented on the score immediately. That's um Jerry Goldsmith. He did the sound like he did the score to uh, some of the Star uh, Star Trek movies that you've seen. Star um, Trek. Yeah. Cool. And uh, I I really like the soundtrack in this. Did you like it the whole way through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she's doing the uh, Vulcan salute. It's easy for me to do it for some reason. I don't know why. Because you're a highly logical girl and you might actually be a Vulcan. Hey, I'm not a Vulcan yet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not how that works. You just you report a Vulcan. <laughs> Um, well, what, what else? I don't oh, I see. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works either. Um, what else would you, do you think we need to talk about when it comes to the verbs? Mm, I remember that you added something to a list of questions. I can't remember what it oh, was. Oh, you had asked what karma was. Yeah. In the course of the movie. And so karma is the belief that like the actions that you take in the course of your life can can sort of like influence what happens in the future so like the universe eventually tries to balance itself out is the idea and that if you do very bad things karma will mean that not good things go your way goodness bless you thank you i don't i can't sneeze like that i don't know how you do that it's mind-boggling um but so like if you do something bad then something bad will come. If you do something bad to somebody, something bad will come and happen to you later on. Um, And if you do good things, then you grow good things in the universe. So sort of like how... uh, So sort of like a cause and effect? Yeah, I don't think it's quite a cause and effect once you really get into it, but yeah, basically. So if you're like a good and a bad person, uh-huh. what would ter- what? So like, what if you're most of the time good and then sometimes you're bad? Like sometimes I get in trouble, but most of the time I'm helping people with donation and dolls yeah. and stuff. Well, the way that I think about karma is that the idea really is that if you do good things for other people, you're helping create good things in the universe, and that makes them do good things for other people. And so you grow the amount of good things in the world by doing that. And the more good you add to the world, the more good will ultimately come back to you because you're improving the world around you. And if you're destructive and you break things and you do bad things, then more bad things will happen to you as you go along 
because you're growing like bad things. Sort of like going back to the um, to the guy who was arrested across the street where Zara lives now. Um, it's sort of like that. He robbed he robbed two stores. I think I'm not sure, but I think it was. Two I don't stores. know if any of that is true. What are well, you talking about? I don't about? know, but he got in trouble for something, and then the, right. and then the and then the effect for doing that, the bad thing that happened to him. See, it's ex- you're exactly jail. like Ray Peterson in this. You're suspicious of what's going on across the street. You're. Did you hear what happened? To who, did, who got arrested? Why did they get arrested? It's gossip. Oh yeah, that reminds me of the t- of the book I'm reading in um, at school. It's called Titanic, and it's a um, historical fiction. Uh huh. And in the book, um, wait a second, thinking. Wait, can you say that sentence again where you're like, where he's like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, I remember. So the book is like, these rich people have a lot of gossip. If I call a steward, the stewards might tell the rich people there's going to be a blah, 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 blah. And then Juliana's going to be embarrassed forever. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else that you would like to say about the burps? The burps? The burps? Oh, you said burps. I did not. Yes, you did. I did not. Yes, Which did. one of us is nine? If anybody you said the burps, it's said definitely burps. you. I did you not. You said burps. Well, folks, you can rewind that back and check and see, but I think the truth will out that I did not say the burps. What else would you like to say about the burbs? Now <laughs> you're saying burbs. <laughs> Now you're saying it wrong with the B. And you're like, burbs. All right. All right. Focus up. Focus up. Um, What else? Ask the question again, please. What else uh, do you have to say about the burbs? I thought it was pretty. I liked all the stunts. Mm -hmm. I loved Um, it falling off the roof when he shoots the car. Bruce Dern taking a tumble off the roof. I thought that was great. I also loved him when he was sitting up on the roof, spying for the return of the Klopex, drinking his coffee and eating animal crackers. <laughs> Honestly, for some reason, if that was Guzzi's, I can imagine him. I can imagine like him watching Cuties for some reason. I'd be uh-huh. like, <laughs> what did you think? Mostly about- they were chicken. It's mostly like chicken animal crackers. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay. What did you uh, What did you think about that guy's dog pooping in other people's yard? I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't want it to be my yard. But right. Kind of, honestly, I love how Tom Hanks is just staring and he's like, <laughs> and then he walks inside and watches and watches his neighbor get so mad and he's like, if Walter, if your dog does that again, I'm gonna staple his eyes shut. Well, but that's you know. Um, that's something that's weird about living in the suburbs, right? Is that people get stressed about these weird, random little things. Like, I don't want a dog pooping in our yard either. And I might lose my mind if somebody's dog poop right in our yard where I walk every single day. Well, there are like four dogs on our street and they poop wherever they want. Except for one that went straight, but it's not Zara's. Right. But my, my point being is that, like in the in the suburbs, and I think that's kind of what Joe Dante's playing with a little bit is that people just get really 
in tune to other people's business. And even it's not just the kid who's watching the street like it's a live act soap opera. Um, even Tom Hanks's character is watching the conflict between Bruce Stern's character and the guy with the dog and them fight with each other. Like they just constantly are peeking out the windows at each other's secrets. Honestly, I think I remember he was like, whoa, this is kind of good. Like the kid, he was just like mm-hmm. looking and he was like, wow, this is getting good. <laughs> I can imagine dude, if there was a part of, if they shot what he was doing, because mm-hmm. remember, you saw him doing that and you heard music in the background. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> His rock music. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can imagine if he had that turned down and he was listening, he would be like, Awesome! I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn this off and keep listening. <laughs> so now you've seen like two and a half uh, movies by Joe Dante. Uh, two what do you? Half. Well, yeah, because you watched Inner Space and The Burbs, and you've seen part of Small Soldiers, which is oh. what we decided the last time. Wait, he did Tom. Wait, wasn't that Joe Dante? Yeah, that's what I said. No, You've you now said seen Tom two and a half. Hanks. No, I definitely said, you Joe said Dante. Tom Hanks. No, you said Tom Hanks. No, I I'm, again, listener, you can play that back, but this time, a hundred percent, I said Joe Dante. No, 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 don't play it back. We, you know what I'm asking now. So, Joe Dante, you've seen a couple and a half of his movies. What do you think of his stuff so far? Would you want to watch more of his movies? Honestly, I go. I still want to see Small Soldiers for our podcast. Yeah. Okay. I only got to see half of it, and I don't even remember it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think it was like you were like forty minutes in, and the movie's mm-hmm. like two hours. Do you? So he he also directed a movie though um, called Gremlins. Do you know Gremlins? Have you ever heard of that? It's, I've heard of it, just never seen it. Uh, what do you think it's about? Mm, a whole bunch of Gremlins taking over a city. <laughs> uh, not quite, but but close. Um, what about, uh, what was I just thinking of? Uh, Matinee is a movie about the 1960s and the, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis and like people making silly horror movies and it kind of gets all mushed together. Do you guys, what do you guys, when you talk about current, do you guys talk about current events in school? Huh? What events? Current events? Oh. (coughs) We don't talk about current events, but we do talk about past events, like the Titanic and World mm-hmm. War Two. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so you guys don't talk about anything that's going on in the news right now? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nowadays, yeah. it's more like gunshots and stuff, and that's not really appropriate for school. You, you don't think so? It's no, appropriate for no, movies I mean, at home like, that we do podcasts allowed, on. <laughs> you're not even allowed to. You're not even allowed to hold up your hands like this or like this. Yeah. You're not even allowed to do like. You can't even do a heart with these, cause, cause you're uh, so worried true. about about you getting so used to doing this uh-huh. that that someday you could become a bad person with gunshots and stuff. Hmm. <coughs> well, I don't think that you are not allowed to make the heart symbol at school, but you're definitely not allowed to make uh, pointy gun fingers. What do you think about that? Is that a silly rule or a good rule? I think it's kind of good because. Um, I know a couple people whose parents have guns in mm. glass cases on the walls in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And if you go to somebody else's house and they have a gun, what do you do? Mm. 
honestly, um, if it's because like I was saying, get to their parents' bedroom, I wouldn't be a lot. I wouldn't even if they said, "Come on, it's it's not it's not it's not like there's a gun in there." Then it's just like, "Oh, there is a gun." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "I told you, and that's why I'm not going in there." <laughs> and if you find a gun, what do you do? Mm, I wouldn't touch it uh-huh. because it could be full. Uh-huh. And I might accidentally hold it wrong, uh-huh. and maybe, and maybe I might like if it's one of those like small guns, like mm-hmm. ones that look like Nerf guns, because mm-hmm. I know some that are like that that are black, but they look like Nerf guns. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I wouldn't really touch it, even if it did look like a Nerf gun. I would look without touching it. I'll like pick up a stick or something and like not try not to touch the trigger, and flip it. Try not to touch the trigger. Oh my goodness. I'm trying not to because how am I supposed to get it to tip over with the with the stick with just use okay I'm not going to touch the trigger with the stick <laughs> while flipping it over to see if it says nerf on either side because <laughs> if it doesn't say nerf then I know it's a real gun and I won't touch it and I'll like call you or call the authorities or something if you find something that even looks remotely like a real gun don't poke it with a stick just come and get some some adult to ask them like, hey, hey is this a gun? Nine one one. I found a gun. I found a gun in my front yard and it has blood on it. Yeah, well, but here, I mean, look. The reality though is, is like if you find a gun and you think it's real and you ask for help from a grown up, the worst thing that happens is they come over and find out that you've mistaken a Nerf gun for a real gun. That's okay. Uh, guns are dangerous. Well, this conversation took a turn. Um. We're hmm. very off track. Yes, we are off topic. Uh, let's go ahead and close this conversation out. Uh, final thoughts on uh, the Burbs, Joe Dante, movies in general, uh, but not finger guns at school. Okay. Um, pretty much got everything. I really liked. I really liked um, the part where um, he fell from the roof when he was trying mm-hmm. to when they were trying to fix that when they were trying to snap the light so that when they walked in the alarm wouldn't go off and it would be like <laughs> yeah okay and then and then when you saw it back I was like how did he paint his nails so quickly oh yeah because it looked like he had painted his nails black and I was like and then you paused the movie and was like so yeah have any thoughts on that and I was like. How do you paint his nails so quickly? You, you just asked what was going on with his um, with his hands, and he had electrocuted himself but very badly. But if it was, but wouldn't his thinker has whole hand had to be black if he'd electrocuted? No, himself? I agree, and that's why I think the comet, like the violence in this movie, is all comedy. Nobody actually dies in the course of the movie because it's all played for a laugh. Like, but then why would it be on Shutter? Because most Shutter movies have someone that dies. Um. <coughs> Shutter doesn't just show straight scary horror movies. They got a bunch of horror comedy on there. And I think that there's just enough of a horror touch and uh, flair to the burbs that I think it's a good fit actually for what Shutter does. Um, but I but but just because it's a horror doesn't mean that the violence is necessarily real or the dynamics of it are real. If you went out and cut a power line in person standing that close to a transformer, you would be dead and horribly dead. Like face melted off, maybe dead, like bad dead. Um, you know, he just got his fingers turned black and blue. Um, 
And same for the guy who's exploded. Tom Hanks gets exploded at the end of the movie. He would be dead in real life. Um, but in the movie, he's got a limp, a broken finger, and a black eye, which looks great on camera, uh, but is not necessarily real. But I think that's in fitting with the movie. Honestly, yeah. um, I've always wondered what it... I know that I kind of off track with this, but... Um, there, I watched us. I watched a show called The Magic School Bus Returns. Sure. So when you were little, you had Magic School Bus. Mm-hmm. Now there's a new series called Magic School Bus Returns, mm-hmm. when Miss Frizzle's niece yep. takes over, and Miss Frizzle retires and becomes the person who answers the phone call questions at the end of the show. Sure. So like they're talking about eyes. I've always wondered what it looks like, cause like you saw a lot of times in the movie they were like either upside down or one of their eyes was closed and, and open. I've always wondered what it looks like when one eye is closed or one eye is open or when you're upside down, cause normally when you see something into your eye, it projects an upside down image mm. and then it goes into your brain and the brain turns it right side up mm-hmm. and that's what you see. So like for example, this microphone, if it was just your eye, everything would be upside down right now that you saw, even mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. when I'm not really upside down. Okay. Yes. So, and then, we, we uh, got it. Keep going. And then, um, but because you have your brain, it flips it over so mm-hmm. that I'm not seeing you upside down, and you're right. not seeing me upside down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've always wondered if like if the brain doesn't change the image because you're upside down already, or if the <laughs> image is right side up and then the brain turns it upside down. I just I don't got know. the question that you're asking. <laughs> yes, that's totally off track. That's not remotely related to what we're talking about, but it's an interesting oh. question nonetheless, I suppose. Technically, it is on track because there was a lot of that happening during the movie. Upside down people or eyeball shots? Eyeball shots and upside down because there were some times that they were upside down. Like when they're falling (laughs) and you see the eyes, it's upside down. Uh And when he's falling, he's just rolling. But that's that's because if they're upside down, your eye sees them as right side up and your brain knows to correct it to upside down. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and close this out because we are okay. off track and I think we've said everything that we need to uh, for this part of, this, of the podcast episode for the Burbs. Um, why don't you say goodbye and we'll see you next time. Bye, peeps. See you next time. And my dad, the B-I-L-L person. What? You never said I couldn't spell it? I did not. So now you- that's a rule. No spelling. You've gotten okay. away with it this time. The B-I-L-L person will be seeing you on the other side for his thoughts about um, showing your child this. Okay. I'm a shell of a man because of you, Art. You leave! Now, now, now! soldier! You leave him alone! Get off that case already! They didn't do anything to us! They didn't do anything to us! All right, so they're different, so they keep to themselves! Can you blame them? They live next door to people who break into their house and burn it down while they're gone for the day. Remember what you were saying about people in the burbs are people like Skip, people who mow their lawn for the 800th time and then snap. Well, that's us. It's not them. That's us. We're the ones who are vaulting over the fences and peeking in through people's windows. We're the ones who are throwing garbage in the street and lighting fires. We're the ones who are acting suspicious and paranoid. We're the lunatics. Us. 
It's not them! It's us. All right. And that's the verbs with Claire. Uh, who, you know, I, I think on the whole, uh, she generally does a pretty good job staying on topic and staying involved in the conversation. But, you know, in terms of behind the scenes for the podcast, um, like she and I have to work together. And, uh, you know, she has a different workflow and approach and type of focus uh, than I do. And that can make it challenging, you know, to work together. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have had to work with folks who kind of think and approach problems differently than you do. Um, and that's tricky. But, you know, uh, A, I think that she's actually quite good at articulating her thoughts on the movies and making connections uh, when she sits down to do it. And B, she's nine. And I don't really stress too much about her attention span. Um, but I think that you can hear sometimes in some episodes how often she says off track, we're getting off track or we need to stay on track or whatever. Um, because it's, uh, it, it is a regular part of our conversation as we're, as we're doing this. Um, you know, there are some edits in the course of our conversation to put things together. That's a little behind the scenes fact. Um, but a lot of times that's to do, you know, because there are folks stomping around upstairs or whatever, uh, and we want to kind of get rid of that audio. So we, we do in some seamless editing. Um, but <laughs> sometimes I, I worry, what I really worry about with it is that I give her, if I, if I'm too aggressive with reminding her to stay on task, that she'll feel like she's being put in a position where a, she's doing a chore that she doesn't want to do. And B, she's being constantly told that she's not doing it right, which is not correct. Um, I find uh, most of her tangents to be actually very fun and very interesting to explore, like why her brain relates that to the movie that we saw. Um, and so I don't, I don't try and push her into the topics when she kind of tends to steer off in a different direction. But then sometimes we wind up somehow talking about finger guns and heart signs at school. Um, and I'm just not sure how we wound up there. Um, but I think that's all okay. I think that's part and parcel of A, learning a process with a new person and, and B, helping kind of teach Claire how to um, put her thoughts in order and make sure that the analysis that she's doing kind of flows through the episode. Uh, I'm not a master at it. Uh, so maybe it's a bit of the blind leading the blind. Um, but I want to make the process fun for her. And so that's why sometimes we do wind up getting off track, but I, I don't necessarily cut all of that stuff because I think it's, it's good for her. I think it's good for her to have that conversation. And I think most of it's pretty relevant and pretty interesting, you know, finding, uh, hidden guns in people's houses and stories of people getting arrested on your block is exactly the kind of conversation that I would want to have around the burbs and like what she thinks about growing up in exactly that kind of environment. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see where her brain goes and how she gets those stories. You know, I don't remember some person across the street from us getting arrested. I'm pretty sure Danielle would tell me about that. I don't think that she would keep that a secret, but who knows? You never know what's going on behind suburban doors. You never know. They could be serial killers or they could be people who just don't share the gossip of the neighborhood with their partners. Man, you just can't tell. You just can't tell. Ha, 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 ha.
I think, you know, watching this movie with Claire for me was kind of weird this time around because I had, I really only ever watched this movie on my, on my own or uh, with my wife. And I really, really related to the stressed out suburbanite dad, just like, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take off work for a week so that I can de-stress and figure out what's going on. Otherwise things are getting out of hand. Um, and you know, you come home and you laze about and you know, you, ah, oh, my, you know, my stepdad got me these tools, uh, not my stepdad, <laughs> my father-in-law got me these tools and, uh, but maybe I'll build something with them. I don't know, but they're great. I'm going to show them off. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Um, like I identified a lot with like the very fatherly, uh, suburban thing, which is funny because I don't think the burbs really does anything with that at all. There's a lot of great Carrie Fisher scenes in there where they kind of interact as a married couple, uh, where she's really not taking any of his nonsense. And I think even though it turns out that they happen to be right at the end of the movie, everything that they do is totally paranoia driven and is absolutely correct to be mocked and, uh, uh, not taken seriously um, by Carrie Fisher. I think I think that that's the correct move. But I I like the dynamic of their relationship. Um, I I like how they uh, get heated, but it doesn't uh, turn into anything more than just a disagreement about how to deal with that particular thing. And I mean, for the most part, they seem to have a, a fine relationship, except for the fact that they don't really address by the end of the movie that. Tom Hanks's character is a paranoid mess and is totally stressed out and not making great choices. Um, but a house blows up and it turns out that they were serial killers, so everything works out all right in the end. Uh, no, I don't think that's how that movie ends. I think the movie ends with him realizing he does need to chill out because maybe this went too far. And that I didn't definitely appreciate. Um... I, you know, I, I joked with Claire at the start of this episode that, you know, now that she's seen Bruce Dern, I can show her some Bruce Dern, some Bruce Dern movies, a lot of great Bruce Dern movies out there. Um, so I don't know how long it is until The Hateful Eight is a, uh, a feature on Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures, probably a little while. I don't think that she's quite ready for Quentin Tarantino just yet. Uh, but I, I definitely think that we'll get into some more Joe Dante. Um, I'm surprised that she hasn't seen more Tom Hanks movies than apparently none, uh, which is shocking to me. Um, I would, so like we need to watch like all his movies. I mean, I can't even believe that she hasn't seen Turner and Hooch, but I, I don't know. I guess you really wouldn't have people taken talking about that. And if you didn't grow up with it, then you wouldn't know. But then, you know, the Dragnet remake, the money pit, um, man, everything with Tom Hanks. I think I said Tom Cruise again. Dude, I've been doing that all night. That is the worst. Um, Tom Hanks, great actor. All sorts of movies that we need to get into. I think probably the next one that we'll get into for Tom Hanks is big. Uh, because I think that she's right at the right age where uh, I think we'll get some pretty interesting perspective from her about Tom Hanks's character as a grown-up, you know, based on her own perspective. I, I wish that I could go back in time and kind of figure out how I thought about that movie uh, back at that point. So I think next week's episode of the podcast will be big with Tom Hanks. Um, but you know, you never know. We, we may audible. It's it's hard to say what we're going to do. I still need to kind of get, I feel like, maybe a little bit more rhythm and rhyme to the approach to the title selection. 
Um, I'm just kind of trying to daisy chain things together as they sort of make sense. That gives her an expanse of movies that are representative of a wide swath of the cinema, as opposed to just a, a deep dive into some of my favorite filmmakers. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. And I think that's going to do it for this particular episode of the podcast. Uh, so if you don't already, uh, please uh, find us on Twitter. Uh, you can find Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventure on Twitter at B-A-C-E-A podcast. Uh, if you have any suggestions for movies or some feedback on how your own kids interacted with this movie uh, when you showed it to them, hit us up. We're always happy to talk on social media. Um, and you can follow me on the social medias at WBDAS on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Uh, and if you don't, uh, we are have our own iTunes feed. Uh, so if you could hit subscribe to that uh, via iTunes and leave a five-star review, we would really very much appreciate it. It's exactly the kind of support uh, that only listeners like you can provide. Uh, and it's the kind of thing that will help uh, raise us to a new audience. The more five-star reviews we get, the higher up we are in the search algorithms, the more likely people are to discover this. Uh, and we want to spread the good word. Uh, as always, uh, Bill and Claire's Excellent Venture is an In the Mouth of Darkness production, and you can follow that podcast at ItModcast, that's I-T-M-O-D-Cast, on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow them on Facebook.com slash ItModcast. And you can find the other dorks, uh, Brad Gullickson at MouthDork on all social medias, Lisa Gullickson at Sidewalk Siren on uh Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can also follow her at Baked Dork on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow Brian Young, the Turtle Dork, at the Turtle Dork on Twitter, uh, at the Turtle Dork One on Instagram, and uh, at Brian B Young on Facebook. And you can follow Darren Smith, the Disco Dork, on at the Disco Dork on all social medias. And that will do it for this episode. Until next time. I don't know what to say. What do you want me to move? Oh, oh, oh.